Welcome to the Daily Standard Podcast. I'm Eric Felton, joined by Ethan Epstein, Associate Editor of the Weekly Standard Magazine, who follows all things Asia for us. Ethan, welcome. Thank you. So Donald Trump is in Asia. What have been the highlights? Well, so the big news, unfortunately, has actually been fake news in a couple of occasions where there was a video suggesting that uh, the president committed a faux pas by dumping all of the fish food in a koi pond when he was supposed to delicately spoon it out. It turns out that actually the prime minister of Japan, Shinzo Abe, had done that first. So that uh, needed to be debunked. <laughs> and then there was another bit of fake news suggesting that uh, the president seemed unaware that uh, many uh, Japanese uh, manufactured cars are actually manufactured here in the United States, like many Hondas, Toyotas, etc. Uh, that didn't really happen either. So here's what did happen. Uh, Trump uh, went over to Japan. He played nine holes of golf uh, with his golfing buddy Shinzo Abe and with a professional Japanese golfer as well. Um, Trump gave a speech uh, where he addressed Japanese manufacturers. He did ask for more um, uh, investment to be made in the United States while acknowledging that there are, in fact, many, uh, you know, ostensibly Japanese cars being built now, in the United States. Now, was that a cleanup operation or it, was it just taken out of context? It was taken, so altogether. it was actually taken out of context because I looked at the transcript of the speech and he readily, you know, actually thanks the companies for, for investing in the U.S. as they have now since the 1980s. They've been building Japanese cars here, but then asks for more. Um, and of course, the last big uh, agenda uh, agenda item was the North Korea threat. Uh, the president suggested that Japan in the future shoot down uh, North Korean missiles when they're when they're flown over the country. Now, what is what's the Japanese response to that? Uh, well, I mean, the prime minister is quite hawkish. So as you know, a lot of um, people have pointed out uh, before he left, President Trump called Japan a warrior nation. Now, a lot of, you know, supposedly smart people were like, oh, that's not true. It's a pacifist nation. It's, it's not. Well, the reason it's a pacifist nation is because it's a warrior nation. After World War II, we forced them to write pacifism into their constitution because we there, were. F- there are reasons to like the notion that Japan is a pacifist nation. Absolutely. And, and there was- perhaps not to encourage them to get in touch with their warrior roots. Now, that I actually agree with. I mean, I, there's, it was wise of us to uh, clip their wings, shall we say, given the incredibly terrible toll of that Japanese militarism has taken. Um, now, this prime minister, Abe, is on the much more hawkish nationalistic side, and he's made no secret of the fact that he wants to change the, that Japanese constitution by referendum. It will not be easy, but it's, his, it's a big political agenda item for him. This is one of those things where Trump often, though, seems to to not assess the value of geostrategic um, goals as opposed to just money goals. <laughs> and so it costs a lot of money for the U.S. to maintain exactly. a, pres- a presence protecting Japan in Asia. You could look at that and say, what a terrible deal that is. We're spending all of this money to protect Japan. But of course, what we're doing is we are protecting the U.S. Yes. by protecting Japan in that they don't build up their From itself. No, and, uh, absolutely. And I think um, there's also another problem with calling Japan a warrior nation. Uh, which, so the problem with it wasn't that he was factually wrong. He was factually right is the issue. And by saying that, he actually freaks out China, South Korea, and North Korea, which all actually have good historical reasons for being wary of the warrior nation of Japan, not to mention Hawaiians and Guamanians. I mean, a lot of people that are still alive have very vivid memories of the warrior spirit of Japan, and it's important that that continue to be suppressed. Now, there are all sorts of uh, 
landmines, if you will, that a president <laughs> traveling in Asia can step on. Mm. And uh, so making nice with Japan doesn't always help you make nice with Korea. Yes. Yeah, so uh, it's been remarked heavily uh, that uh, upon the fact that the Donald Trump is spending two days in Japan and only one day in Korea. Remarked heavily where? In Korea, of course. And actually probably in Japan, too, because they view that as a victory <laughs> over Korea. But Koreans are very upset by that, which I which I, I mean, I understand they're both equally close allies of the United States. Um, in fact, you might view South Korea as a closer ally, given that because they're not a pacifist country, they, for example, served in Vietnam uh, with American troops and the Japanese didn't. Um, and they're on the front line and they're on the front an line. adversary of the U.S. Precisely. So I think it's important that Trump is going there. He needs to reassure them that the alliance is as strong as ever. He's going to address the National Assembly. And uh, I, I wrote a little blog post about this recently. And I was thinking, you know, if he has time, maybe on the way back, he should stop in Korea and get that extra night on the way back. You know, do it and do another stop over there just to even the score a little bit. Ethan Epstein, thanks for joining us on the Daily Standard podcast. Thank you. That's it for today's Daily Standard podcast. I'm Eric Felton. Catch you next time.